You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. We've got another fun episode coming at you. We are now in the new year, fresh off a busy mock draft, and we are digging deep in today's episode. Before we get into all that good stuff, I got to introduce my co-hosts, Mike Richards and Vinny, a.k.a. Down on the Farm. Fellas, how's it going? Going good, Mindy. Happy to be here with you guys. Like you said, we're digging deep this week. Uh Coming back quickly because we had the international signing period happen a couple days ago. So Vinny and I decided to jump into this, try to give those deep dynasty people a, a look at the the new crop of players coming in. Some of them hopefully will become big time prospects someday. So uh, how you doing, Vinny? I'm doing good. Recovering well after my weekend at Cubs convention. You know, digging into this GA15 class, which is pretty sneaky, I think, right now. I think more names will pop as we go longer into the season, but it's a pretty solid class. How long has it been called the J15 class? Is that something that's like been for a while? Cause but when you guys worded the show that way, I had never seen that. Is that, is that new or has that been around? I think it's newer since COVID because it used to be the J2 class, mm-hmm. but then COVID pushed everything back a year. There was no signing period it's for cool. a year. So then they moved it. Yeah. It's it's, it's short for J2 used to be for July 2nd and now J15 is for January 15th. Interesting. I like that. So hopefully the audience is learning something new like I am. But the purpose of today's show is for you guys that may not be as familiar. I mean, even the prospect people may not even be as familiar, but these two guys luckily are with what we're going to be talking about today. We're talking about the international signings, and there are a lot of exciting young players that many are not familiar with here. And our job today is to get you familiar with these players So in Dynasty Leagues, you can make sure you can get the jump on getting these guys on your teams and before they become mainstream. And that's going to be big for you being able to to accumulate Dynasty assets and win your leagues here. So let's go ahead and let's kick things off with our first guy on the list, Emmanuel Bonilla of the Toronto Blue Jays. He's from the Dominican Republic. He's Baseball America's fourth best prospect and MLB Pipeline's seventh best prospect. He looks like he's a big slugging outfielder for this Toronto Blue Jays squad, Vinny. Yeah, Bonilla is very interesting. He is a young, strong corner outfielder. Um, Looking at the few footage that I could get my hands on, he kind of reminds me of like a young Jorge Soler. Right now, his carrying tool is going to be his power and probably his arm. Uh, His hit tool is a work in progress, but as he develops and puts on good weight and just really gets into, you know, organized baseball with uh, the Dominican Summer League probably this year, uh, he would be a very high riser for me because we're looking at a uh, a kid that could be playing next year, 18, at the um, Florida Coast League. And there's easily, you know, 25, 30 home run potential raw power when his body's all physically matured. And you put that in, you know, you put that in Toronto with that field. It's, there's a lot to like with him. I'm 
I'm pretty I'm pretty set on him being my, in my top three because everyone's ranks right now are very different because there's really not that much information about these guys. But yeah, he's the guy I'm I'm really in on. You had me at slugging outfielder in Toronto. That uh sounds very exciting to say the least. This next player is the cover boy and one of the most notable players of this group, and that's Ethan Salas, who's a catcher from Venezuela to the San Diego Padres. He's ranked as the top prospect by both Baseball America and MLB Pipeline. And the raves about him as a catching prospect are just very, very high, Mike. And it seems like he's an exciting, exciting player that we're going to see here at some point in the coming years. Yeah, Ethan Salas, like you said, number one prospect on both those lists. He signed for $5.6 million, which was the highest uh, signing bonus this year. He's still 16, so he's relatively young, but he's got nice size at 6'2", 185. He's a lefty, too, which is relatively rare for a catcher. The thing that stands out at this stage for me is the hit tool, uh, the 60-grade hit tool. You know, uh, scouting grades for these international prospects are tough to trust at this stage, but it, it stands out even compared to the other players in the class. So this is the younger brother of Marlins prospect Jose Salas, you know, as you may have mentioned this is one of the best catching prospects in recent memory to come from the international class. He's got a good feel for the strike zone, hits the ball with pop to all fields. He's expected to develop more power as he matures. Defensively, he's got plus potential. And I think that may actually be the main reason he's number one on a lot of these lists because organizations value that. Um, he's got soft hands, good blocking ability, great receiving skills and throwing mechanics. He's athletic for the position exhibits leadership skills. So his family pedigree and ability to play a premium positions always coveted, as I said, by the pro organizations, catchers tend to take a bit longer to develop than other positions because of the defensive responsibilities of calling a game and managing pitching staffs. But that said, it wouldn't surprise me if to see Salas atop the catcher rankings once he's worked his way into the upper levels down the road, you know, if he's got a plus hit tool and, and plus power, as some are suggesting, you know, he'll end up being one of the top options at the position. So I'm not sure I've ever drafted a catcher in a first-year player draft, especially a 16-year-old. So it's difficult for me to push the idea on others. But if I were going to make that kind of move, Salas seems to be the player with the ceiling high enough to eventually justify it. It seems like that way just from the little I've read about him and his ceiling like you mentioned. So Ethan Salas is a name you'll be hearing for a long time. This next player for my Minnesota Twins we have Ariel Castro, who is a outfielder from Cuba, MLB Pipeline's number 11 prospect, Baseball America's number 13 prospect, Vinny. Talk to us a little bit about Mr. Castro. Yeah, Castro, as of the J-15 signing day, he's been getting a lot of push by industry people, um, which for good reason. You don't see a lot of 16-year-olds that are 6'2", you know, pushing 180 with a 55 hit and 55 power. Um, there's still a lot of development in that body. So we could potentially see him get to a 60 power. He's definitely have the body for raw power. Uh, nice left-handed swing, very smooth. Uh, he's going to be probably a corner outfielder when all is said is done. He's defensively solid. He has a solid arm, good instincts. Um, a couple comps I have seen on him. I've been trying to vary away from the comps of him, but I have seen the, a very, a very good comparison between him and former uh, international signee Emmanuel Rodriguez. I've seen, you know, Juan Soto. I've seen a, a mm. bunch of crazy comps. You know, you got to take those with a grain of salt. But with everything he shows right now, he looks like he could potentially one day, you know, 
be in contention for uh, one of the best picks from this class, which I will, I, I will take it. I'm, I'm probably going to leave a couple first year player drafts with him for sure. I like the upside. So you, he'd be in your top 10 because right now he's ranked outside the top 10 in both of those lists. You, you'd have him in your personal top 10, you think? Yeah, he'd be in my top top six, I would say. Ooh, okay. It's like I always like your stamp on certain players you're higher on. That's one of your patented things, and I dig it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this next player here for the Dodgers, another Vargas that's in the Dodgers system. You, Joe Hendry Vargas of the Los Angeles Dodgers, 17 years of age here. Vinny, First of all, I don't know, is there a relation between the two Vargases? Just coincidence? And talk to us a little bit about his profile. Yeah, I I didn't see any relation between the two Vargases. But uh, when I did dig it into him, he is one of the tallest players in this international class, listed at 6'4", 175. He's actually built similarly to Mets shortstop Ronnie Mauricio, if people are familiar with him. Uh, you know, really athletic and wiry. He's got a mechanically sound swing, advanced approach. You know, I think he'll be a good, a good average hitter down the road if he if he works out. Hits line drives all over the field and has home run potential. I, I do think he's going to get into more extra base power as he matures. He's been praised for his makeup and work work ethic. And you know, some scouts think he has five tool potential. He will face some questions about sticking at shortstop because of his size, and some people even think he might even move out of the infield altogether if he gets too big, but he's got good hands and plus instincts defensively and a plus arm. So if he would transition to third base, I think that would work well. So overall, like it seems, you know, the rich got richer with the Dodgers scooping up one of the best players in this international market. They even got him at a relative bargain, signing him for 2.1 million compared to some of these other big names. And you have to feel good about his chances to develop in that system. The question becomes like, how long will it take, you know, with all these players in and will he be a, become like a trade casualty along the way? Overall, he feels like one of the safer, high upside players. Not quite the ceiling of some of these other players, but a very promising player in his own right. And he could end up in the middle of the order if he fills out. Uh, but basically, you know, as I said, I, I have as much confidence in the in the Dodger system to get the most other prospects. And as in that's the same with this player. As much confidence as I have in this player, I have even more confidence in the organization. So when you pair those two together, it's a it's a player I'm interested in rostering. When you kind of talked about his profile a little bit, I just thought of O'Neill Cruz. Because O'Neill Cruz plays shortstop at six foot seven. He is two hundred and twenty pounds. But I mean the kid's also only seventeen years of age, so maybe he grows another inch or two and he gains, like you said, maybe he he adds some more size to his frame. The fact that they both play shortstops at that height and have electric arms. Sounds like he doesn't have the same type of ceiling in your eyes that O'Neill Cruz might have, but uh, maybe a little bit of a safer floor potentially. Uh, but just overall sounds like an exciting young player the Dodgers have here. Uh, as well as this next player here, Vinny, uh, we have Luis Guanipa of the Atlanta Braves. And the Braves seem like they do a really good job bringing these guys in. And as you can see, just over the years, the young talent they've been stacking over for that team that's one of the top contenders in the National League. What should we know about Mr. Guanipa? Yeah, Guanipa is, uh, he follows the Braves mold of uh, very mature athletic uh, outfield prospects with a very advanced hit tool. Um, my only like knock with Guanipa is I don't know if he really develops, you know, above average power 
because uh, he's already he just turned 17. Uh, he's pushing 5'11", 188 right now. But I think if he if they really put the time and effort into developing his body, he might be able to get to double digits homers. But right now, the carrying tool for him is the hit tool and the uh, his approach at the plate. Uh, there's uh, a few things that um, we might see him move because right now he's penciled in to be a center fielder, but I, he's probably going to move off to a corner position just as he develops and he gets bigger. He's not a big speedster either, but uh, I think if we're talking just a uh, track record of the Braves developing outfield prospects, he's another one you want to keep an eye on. Interesting. Yeah. And um, anything like we mentioned, if the Braves are taking these guys, it's somebody we will keep an eye on for sure. That is, name again is Mr. Luis Guanipa. Our next player here is Sebastian Walcott of the Texas Rangers. He's a shortstop from the Bahamas. Baseball America's sixth best prospect and MLB Pipeline's eighth best prospect. A big guy, just like we talked about with, with uh, Vargas for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Same right about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, here. Vinny, and what type of ceiling does this kid possess? Well, the I did talk about Sebastian Walcott last week. He was my final pick in our first-year player, Jeff Mock. As I said, I won't go too deep on it because I mentioned a little bit about it, but some scouts believe he could rival Jazz Chisholm long-term as the best player from the Bahamas. He's got elite athleticism for size and physical projection. He's also been praised for his baseball IQ. He's got a chance to hit for average with plus power potential. He's already an above average runner and could steal bases in the future, which is surprising for his size. For now, he projects near like as a near top of the order type of hitter, but he could evolve into a middle of the order type slugger that drives and runs down the road. Overall, as I mentioned last week when I highlighted him, you know, he brings an intriguing combination of size, athleticism, and built-in hype that I look for in the international talent. You know, with players this this young, a lot of times it's about finding the players who will shoot up lists so you can flip them in a deal for like a, a more stable piece. And Walcott checks a lot of the boxes I look for in a lotto ticket. I may even like him more than the average rankings you'll find out there. I'd probably have him higher than six on my personal list. And, you know, the Rangers aren't shy about pushing their young talent if they show signs. So that's another promising part of this. I'll also throw in that Michael Halpern and James Anderson both – uh, commented that Walcott was queued up as their final pick in our draft. So that gives me extra bit of confidence as it should our listeners. When you have Mike and those two gentlemen that Mike mentioned behind one player, that means you got to get behind this player early. That is Sebastian Walcott of Texas Rangers, seeming like someone that you should try to be targeting towards the end of your drafts here. The next player, Dernici Valdez of the Chicago Cubs. He's a shortstop and he is... Uh, when I saw 150 pounds, I had to double take this Vinny. He is a young kid that needs to probably add some weight on him, but I'm sure the Cubs see a lot of potential in him. So talk to us about Jernichi Valdez and what his ceiling could be. Yeah. Valdez really got buzz a couple years ago. He was over uh, in the States with a, uh, like a perfect game event. Uh, he was a little five, eight, like one thirty kid, but could absolutely barrel up baseballs. He hit a growth spurt. Now he's pushing 5'11". He does need to add weight. That is my biggest concern with him. Um, but, yeah, the hit tool, very advanced. There's some people that say he might have the most advanced hit tool in this class. The power looks like it could be serious, too. 
when he barrels up baseballs, it's to both, you know, it's the gaps, line drives. Like he can really hit the ball. Um, there's even some that say he has the best footwork and softest hands in this class defensively. He has a cannon of an arm. I think, uh, I think if we're talking shortstop wise, I think he's a lock to stay there. Maybe if he, as he develops weight, maybe we see him transition to a third base. But if we're talking, uh, if we're talking first year player draft wise, this is, should be a top three pick. Mm. I believe just because of upside. He's probably not the safest floor pick, but I think there is untapped potential in the body going forward. So this sounds like this is someone personally that you're targeting a ton of, and you're probably getting him at an incredible value in your eyes because he's probably not ranked in that top three in most places, right? So you're this is somebody that you're able to grab a lot of at this point, and if the, he hits that ceiling, you're going to be paid off tremendously. Yeah, I will say, though, as the more first-year player drafts I take, I do see him starting to sneak up into the top four range. There are a lot of people praising him for being as much as of, of a sleeper right now as he is, and they are preaching his upside. So if you're going to get him, you're probably going to have to start paying up for him soon. Dernichi Valdez and Vinny is a Chicago Cubs fan, so those players, especially Vinny, sees a ton of and, and is watching – just to see what type of players these young gentlemen can be. This next player is also somebody that if you're looking into the J15 signings, he's probably a bigger name in terms of ones you might have seen. Felman Celestin, he's a shortstop for the Dominican Republic or from the Dominican Republic for the Seattle Mariners. He's MLB Pipeline's second best prospect and Baseball America's third best prospect. And Again, another player we're talking about ceiling here, and that's what many are saying. If he hits it, you're going to have a tremendous player on his hands here, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Felnan Celestin, you know, he's a well-rounded switch hitter, potentially the highest ceiling in a decade for international shortstops. Uh, they mentioned Marco Luciano and Wander Franco up there. He's got big tools across the board, has a chance to be a five-tool player. He improved in every facet of the game while maturing physically over the last year. He's got upside for plus speed and raw power with a plus arm. Defensively, he should remain at shortstop. Uh, he, As I said, he's a switch hitter from the left side. He's got doubles, power, and a nice line drive stroke at the moment. From the right side, he's got tons of bat speed and big loft. So I think he'll, he'll definitely have a lot of power from the right side. He also plays with a flair, you know, a strong work, work ethic dedicated to improving. So there's a ton of different things that I just love to see from a young player here. You know, I try to remain as unbiased as possible when it comes to analyzing prospects. You know, I will admit to being like a, a lifetime, you know, fan of the Mariners, but that stuff aside, this this is my top fantasy prospect in this international class. And I know I'm not alone with that. You know, mm -hmm. as I said last week, Celestin is being touted as one of the best prospects in the, this generation. So it doesn't hurt that he's also being developed in a system with a strong track record with international players. And if you're going to take the plunge on an international bat early in your first year player draft, this is, this is the kid that I will make that move for. And I talked about making such a move last week. I took him at 25 over some more established college options. And I just like this kid a lot. And so will the rankers. If, if he shows out in the Dominican summer league, you already got me hyped about him already. And I don't, didn't know too much about him going into tonight, but he's going to be a name I'm going to be keeping an eye on. And with fact, he's with the Mariners who seem like they just keep stockpiling a ton of talent there. 
He's a name I'm sure we're going to be seeing for a long time. This next player, who is absolutely jacked if you're watching on YouTube, Welbin Francisco of the Cleveland Guardians. He is a shortstop prospect for them, 16 years of age here. Vinny, the Guardians are another team that seems like they do really well uh, signing international players, developing players through their minor league system. So Welbin Francisco, for those that have never heard the name before, what should we know? Um, little mistake on my part. There's a typo on here. He is not 5'11". He's 5'8". But uh, I've seen a ton of rave with Francisca. I've seen uh, people calling him this year's poor man's Wander Franco. I've seen comps of Ozzy Elbies. He is a very advanced contact-oriented switch-hitting infielder that I think as he develops physically, I think he could potentially have, you know, average to maybe above average power. He's definitely defensively probably right now the most ready out of everyone in this class. And I would not be shocked if we see him steal, you know, 15, 20 bags a year when all is said is done. Like there is a, uh, there is a few athletes I think in this, uh, in this J 15 class that I think have the potential to be five tool players. And Francisca, I believe is one of them. Uh, he may, he might, overgrow and you could see him slot in the second base just due to his size, which I don't like to knock players for size. I think that's kind of, you know, not, not right to do because there's so much time and track record to, for their development that we, we really never know what they, the finished product is, but it, once you pair him with a, a prospect powerhouse organization, like the guardians who have turned out, you know, Jose Tanya, Gabriel Arias, like a bunch of, good solid infield prospects i i like francisca going forward i'm in name again being you have uh well francisco of the cleveland guardians our last player we'll get into we actually have some other ones at the end we'll talk about really quick too but the last one we're just going to put his handsome picture on screen here is brando may uh mayaya i think mayaya we're gonna go with that hopefully that's mayaya 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 paella uh, yes, yeah, so that's all I'll remember. Brandon, Brando Maia, uh, outfielder for the uh, outfielder from Cuba of the New York Yankees. Baseball America's second best prospect and MLB Pipeline's ninth best prospect. He has looks like a ton of tools and a great approach to the plate here. And reading just a comp that I'll let you share, Mike, uh, because unless you, uh, I'm sure you have the comp already ready to go. Seems like he could be. He might be just reading his profile a little bit. One of the more exciting players of this group. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it pretty quickly here. Just looking at that. Uh, this is a premium athlete with advanced tools for his age. One of the most exciting players in this class. He isn't particularly big, strong, or projectable. He's kind of bigger and more filled out than the typical player's age. But he makes consistent flush contact with a sweet swing. He's got uncommon bat speed and power potential, too. He's been described by one evaluator as a mini Gary Sheffield, as people are well aware that that's a great hitter. So that's that's high praise. He's also been praised for his advanced approach at the plate. He's also he's very aggressive in the batter's box, actually, but is showing signs of improved discipline. Like I said, a mature frame for his age, but very strong and twitchy. Defensively, he could remain in center field, uh, but a move to the corner is possible as well. You know, scouts are split on that. 
overall, this is a very interesting one. You know, he first came under my radar when Drew Sperling selected him in our mock. And then I saw our buddy Chris Clegg tweet out that he may be his number one player from this class and add in to the inevitable hype that comes with a Yankees prospect. Mm -hmm. And you have the beginnings of a very intriguing situation here. You know, as I said with Walcott, the perceived value of players this young is oftentimes just as important as their long-term potential. A Yankees prospect with well-rounded tools, getting early attention from smart dynasty managers is a lot of good things happening at once. So I know I'm certainly interested in Maya at the right cost. Yeah, Maya seems just like he could be an absolute dynamo. Uh, just a lot of the things about him just seem very exciting. So I'll be interested to see as he develops what he becomes and how mainstream his name becomes among not just dynasty players, but even redraft players once they get wind of what he's doing as he raises up through the minor leagues. We're going to now go through just some names here that did not necessarily make the list of 10, but names you should know. Mike, I'm going to go to you here because there's a big list of players on YouTube here. Is there some that you want to highlight? And then many, maybe if you want to highlight a couple as well, uh, you guys can both do that here. Yeah, um, I didn't go super deep on these players. I mean, I'm aware of them, but I don't know them as well as the last guys I've highlighted. But I know Hendry Shavili is getting a lot of hype on fan graphs. He's ranked, I think he's ranked like 38th on MLB, but he's he's well inside the top 10. So with a 6'3", 175-pound frame, 17-year-old too, I think there's a lot to like there. That could be a, a nice sleeper for you. And I know Brayler Guerrero too. He's he's the next on the list. He's 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 thought of in in high regards. He's got a really nice hit tool. I'm a little hesitant with him because of the Tampa Bay. They just take so long to develop their players and everything. But I I could definitely see him becoming a name down the road. And uh, let's see. When I guess I'll throw in uh, Jesus Caba for the Phillies. He got a high signing bonus. I think like $3 million, but this is the player that I would generally avoid. I think his ranking is based on his defensive abilities. He's might be the best defensive player in this thing. And he's ranked high on lists because of that, but I'm skeptical that his bats going to end up being good enough for fantasy. Vinny, what about you? A couple names stick out to you on this list. Um, the biggest name that sticks out on this list, which uh, maybe he was in contention to be in my top five list is Rainer Arias of the San Francisco Giants. He is a contact and power and weak. There is potential for speed. Uh, 16 year old outfielder from, where's he from? He's from the Dominican Republic. Uh, he's a son of a former scout. He's been in baseball basically his whole life. Uh, he's shown flashes of potentials of developing into five tool kind of uh, five tool talent. Uh, he needs to, they need to reform his bat path. I think a little bit, he's a little wonky with that. His approach at the plates a little, he's very aggressive. Like there's been comps of like Eloy, uh, by Bayron Laura, a former prospect of the Rangers. But uh, if we're talking, uh, fantasy wise, he has at least three or four categories worth of, uh, progress or success. I would say moving forward for, uh, J 15 drafts or first years. And then another one I want to talk about is Ludwig. This is last names or Espinoza. Uh, He is a very contact oriented shortstop right now with the Cubs. He's very projectable in frame. He's a little bigger, I think, uh, than I would like as a shortstop. 
when he's done, he'll probably be around six two, six three, pushing two hundred pounds. But uh, we, we talk do... about the same guy here. I, I have I have Ludwig for five ten one forty. I have him at five eleven. One forty though. I have him. I have him at five eleven one seventy. Okay. Uh, yeah, big uh, advanced hit tool. As he progresses, I I see him becoming a third baseman just due to his arm strength and just how defensively sound he is. But if you look at the track record of the Cubs developing infielders, I'm this is not a homer pick, but I'm confident with their success rate at developing infielders. So I like him a lot too. This is a good time if you watch the whole episode of the call up, which I hope many of you do that watch on YouTube or listen to the podcast. Which one of them is right? Is Michael or Vinny? Who is the real Ludwig Espinoza? Uh, let us know in the comments. They'll be for bragging rights for the next episode. But that's that's what makes this so hard because these guys, not a lot of pictures, not a lot of film to watch. So it's hard uh, to be able to get a lot of data on these guys. And these, these two do an excellent job of it. And if you are enjoying the content, please make sure you guys give the video a like on YouTube. You subscribe to Triple Play Fantasy if you're not already. And please make sure that you guys leave a comment on the video for anything you would like to see down the road. If you're on the podcast version, please make sure you guys are leaving reviews. Make sure you tell how awesome a job these guys are doing. And make sure you guys, you follow these guys on Twitter. Vinny's at down on the farm eight and Mike is at MP Richards, 1981 fellas. Is there anything else the audience needs to know before we get ready to close this one out? Yeah, I just wanted to throw in uh, Chris Clegg reached out to us a couple days ago. He's doing a Dynasty ADP. He's trying to build an ADP for Dynasty Leagues, and he's invited a lot of uh, top Dynasty players. And anyone listening to this wants to participate, he's taken in anyone that wants to be part of it. You get to draft a lot of good players and be part of the first uh, Dynasty ADP out there. So uh, look at, look on Chris Clegg's uh, Twitter if you're interested at Roto Clegg, and I uh, hope some of you will join. Vinny, what about you, my friend? Uh, not much. Uh, keep your eyes posted on my page. I have posted a couple sneaky tidbits of some of the information I learned from scouts and players from Cubs convention this week. I'll be posting a write-up of everything I heard and the rumors around the organization. So give me a follow. Look out for that. That will be dropping sometime either this week or next week. Awesome. Make sure you give these foes a follow and keep up with everything they're putting out. But for Vinny, for Mike, I'm David. We'll catch you guys in the next episode of The Call-Up.